Okay, friends, welcome back to another edition of Mind Games with Garen Emig. I'm Garen, sellout crowd columnist and occasional podcaster. Well, we want to talk about uh, Oklahoma football today, specifically the new starting quarterback for the Sooners with a guy who knows him pretty well, knows him a lot better than I do, knows him, I'm guessing, a lot better than all of our viewers and listeners. Uh, he is Rodney Webb. We'll bring Rodney to the show in just a second. First things first, we want to thank our sponsors to this episode of Mind Games and others. MidFirst Bank leads the list this week, followed by the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. Our friends, both of them, at Two Fellas Movers, uh, FireLakeJobs.com, NextGen Roofing, 988 Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline, and of course, Oklahoma Ford Dealers drive any of your best. And Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of SUVs and trucks. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. I last talked to my guest, gosh, Rodney, what's, it's almost two years ago. Um, I was still at the Tulsa World, and Jackson Arnold was just a commitment to the Sooners. He hadn't signed yet, and you, you told me that uh, there was a lot to look forward to with regard to this young guy. And uh, we're about to, I think we're about to find that out. Um, Rodney Webb coached uh, Jackson Arnold at Denton Geyer High School for a couple of years. He's now at Rockwall Heath after taking a year in to, uh, to try administration as an athletic director at Highland Park. And I thought with the Alamo Bowl now just days away and uh, Arnold's first OU start in the same time frame, we'd get a better understanding and we'll dig into uh, to Rodney's head so that we can perhaps get a sense of what's going through Jackson's head. Uh, here on Mind Games. Coach, good to see you again, first of all. Yeah, it's good to be on. Let me start with um, something you told me again two years ago, uh, and it was sort of the quote that jumped out from the column I wrote. He he could be the face of the franchise. <laughs> and um, what did you mean by that? And how, how does that translate now you think that Arnold uh, is the new starting quarterback at OU? Well, I just think there's so many things to love about Jackson uh, from a from a fan perspective. You know, he's a he's a tremendous player, but on top of that, he's a tremendous human being, and, and he he's just somebody that's very easy to root for. It's some somebody that that uh, all Sooner fans are going to be proud uh, to have leading that team. Uh, the way he conducts himself on the field, the way he conducts himself off the field, um, and and I just think you couldn't ask for for a better young man uh to to be that face of the franchise let's uh, let's i tell you what you, you open up the door to the personality i want to talk about football before we let you go a little bit later in the show but you opened up the door to the personality what and quarterbacks have to, to tick different right They're, they've got a different responsibility they have to bring the locker room along with them a, a lot of times what did you notice specifically about jackson either at a young age or as he developed with you those those two years uh, uh, at Denton Geyer, yeah, I think from a personality standpoint, it's important for the quarterback to to uh, to own the locker room, you know, to have the respect of his teammates, and that's something that I, I feel like Jackson has probably already done there at OU. Um, the way that the way that he lives his life, the way his work ethic, uh, his attention to detail. Um, and he's got a charisma about him that that pe people like him. People like to be around him. And so I think from that standpoint, he he already, uh, you know, he's got the backs of his teammates and, and they've got his back as well, even though he's not even started his first game yet. Was there uh, was there would you call it a, a uh, 
gosh, you almost have to be cocky when you're playing big time high school football in Texas. You certainly doesn't it doesn't hurt to have that gene when you're running the show at a, at a college like mm-hmm. Oklahoma. You might choose the word confident, but can you give us a sense of just how sure he is of himself uh, or was of himself when you had him in high school and might continue to be now that he's got the job at OU? Yeah, I think it, it is a fine line. Uh, confidence and cockiness or swagger, you know, uh, they, there's a fine line between the two. And he's certainly a confident guy. And and uh, he comes by it naturally. You know, I think that, um, you know, he's just a guy that, that uh, I'm not going to say everything comes easy for him because he works very hard uh, at, at his craft. And, and uh you know, he, he's he's tremendously dedicated to the weight room, uh, to to uh, developing his body, you know. And so I think there's a there's a lot that's that's to be confident about if you're him, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, he's certainly a guy that that just exudes exudes that co- that confidence or swagger on the field. When did you uh, Rodney, when did you first encounter this guy? Well, I took the job at Geyer uh, right during the middle of covid right during the quarantine. Mm. And so uh, my first experience meeting that entire roster was on uh, Zoom on the computer. Mm. And so uh, it was a bizarre experience, but trying to meet the kids, trying to get the offense installed, it was all on a computer screen. So the first several times that I ever had an encounter with Jackson was on a computer screen. And then finally in uh, in June of 2020, we we started being allowed to have in-person workouts again, and that's when I got an opportunity to meet him in person and have and have an opportunity to watch him work. Now he, you got to have to help me with the timeline. It's it's a it's a little fuzzy, but he didn't have the keys to your offense right away, correct? No, we had a returning quarterback named Eli Stowers that had actually yeah, been right. state player of the year the year before. Yeah, was coming off a knee injury and was committed to Texas A&M. And so Eli was the returning quarterback. And so uh, Jackson showed a remarkable uh, patience during that year where Eli started. We went to the semifinals that year. So, you know, that was 15 games and Eli started every one of those games. And, uh, you know, Jackson played a considerable amount and was spectacular when he was on the field. But, you know, Eli was a captain for our team and was sort of, uh, you know, the, the seminal leader of the team. And so uh, Jackson waited his time his sophomore year in 2020. And that's going to ring familiar to OU fans, is it not? With him biding his time with the Sooners behind Dylan Gabriel. And I, I, every quarterback wants to play. Every quarterback wants the ball. Uh, you, you wouldn't be in that position if you didn't. Uh, you have to take deep breaths probably a lot of days and as you take those mental reps, as they call it, in practice while the starter gets all of the, the snaps with the ones. Do you think his experience – behind Stowers uh, helped him absorb the reality of, of waiting his turn at Oklahoma behind Gabriel. Yeah, I think it's almost an identical situation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jackson made the most of his opportunity as a sophomore to watch and learn, watch from an, from an older veteran player, um, took advantage of every opportunity that he got, but also got those mental reps, uh, as you speak of. And so I would imagine it's been the same uh, during his first year at Oklahoma, I, I'm sure he's learned a lot from Dylan Gabriel. Uh, he's learned a lot from from his position as a backup. Um, 
But, you know, my feeling is that when you see him on the field and, and the keys to the offense are his, uh, everybody's going to realize that, that he has been uh, adequately preparing this entire time. Did you tailor, uh, when Stowers moved on, it was his, it was his position, correct? Jackson's Absolutely, position? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. yes. Did you, Rodney, tailor your offense to fit Jackson? Or was the offense going to be what, what it was and it was on Jackson to, to adapt to, to what you did? Or, or where did you meet there? Yeah, so we actually had to we, – we really had to adapt the offense somewhat to fit Eli Stowers the year before. Uh, what we do offensively and what Oklahoma does offensively are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not a great fit for Eli. His strengths lied in other areas of the game. So uh, I had to have a little bit more creativity the year before. But when, mm-hmm. when it was Jackson's turn, uh, he was a much better fit for what we do offensively. Um, and so we really kind of got back to square one with him. What did he? What did he do better? How did he help you the most, just in terms of football? Was it was it as a thrower? Was it as a, a guy who maybe read read coverages um, preternaturally compared to other high school kids? Was it was it uh, using his mobility to get out of jams? Where where did he excel the most? Uh, that 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 uh, had you doing big things and uh, with, with guy or with that team. Well, the answer to that would be yes to all the above. I mean, he's very gifted, and he's a very complete quarterback. But I would say if you want to start talking about the list of things that Jackson Arnold does the best, um, I would start with this. He's he's a tremendous decision maker. Uh, He has the ability to process a lot. We put a lot on his shoulders. We did our best to keep the offense simple for 10 players, but really complex for one player. And he's at his best when he has opportunities to make those decisions pre-snap, on the snap, and Uh, Mm post-snap. The game happens very slow for him. Uh, And obviously, the speed of the game is faster at the college level than the high school level. Uh, But I don't think there there will be any level of football where it happens too fast. Um, Mm -hmm. He's got the ability to to process things in a very short amount of time. And uh, so that is probably the thing that he does best. Beyond that... He has got an electric arm, uh, and, it, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that that has totally been borne out in his opportunities this year, uh, but you'll see it in the bowl game. He has an electric arm. And, you know, I, I hesitate to call him a dual threat. He has the uh, tremendous athletic ability, by the way, mm-hmm. tremendous athletic ability, but his strength lies in extending plays. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he is, he is a, a, a very good runner. And when you, if you, if you want to involve him in the quarterback run game, he can certainly do that. But, but even better than that is just his, his ability to extend the play. You almost have to put a spy on him defensively because mm. when, when the pocket breaks down and he decides to run, uh, he can do some serious damage. Yeah. It would, it was interesting to hear you talk about his ability to process when you, when you had him a few years ago, I think, uh, listeners and viewers to the show will recall the the uh, second half in, at BYU, right? Arnold's biggest snaps as a college player, and in particular, uh, a third and eight pickup that the Sooners needed to sort of put that game away, where uh, Jackson uh, audibled out of out of something that Jeff Levy had, had signaled down from upstairs and connected with Jaleel Farouk for the first down that Oklahoma needed. I, I take it that is something that didn't surprise you. Right. I actually saw, I didn't get to see the whole game, but I saw that play. 
And uh, yeah, that's classic Jackson Arnold, you know, get, get the team in the best uh, situation possible for success. And uh, you know, again, that, that is the strength. And, and there's no doubt the coaches at o, OU have figured that out. And uh, you know, that is, that is just one of those things that, that he does well. You know, I've coached quarterbacks over the years that you have to limit uh, their decision-making. They're not comfortable uh, the, that you need to tell them in some cases where to throw the ball, you know, yeah. Jackson, uh, he just keeps you out of so many bad plays with his decision making. Yeah, something else you said that's interesting. Uh, he was under wraps, I think, in that situation in Provo, and I think we we understand the circumstance. Uh, not too much too soon. Didn't expect to be in that game like he was with Gabriel leaving the way he did. But with all you know, all of that aside, and with the the run up to the Alamo Bowl now being so long, you said. We haven't we haven't seen the arm yet. I wonder if you have an inkling that that we will in fact um, OU's in a tough in an interesting spot, right? They're transitioning from Levy to Seth Latrell at quarter as right. coordinator, so it's not like they're going to have the install by right. by the Alamo Bowl. But but you wonder if perhaps Arnold can play freer and easier, and and that we will see a little bit more of of that right arm you're referencing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just being the guy, you think about the number of practice reps the starter gets versus the backup. Mm -hmm. uh, the game plan is, is being prepared for that starting quarterback. And so, and I don't know Dylan Gabriel well enough to know exactly what his strengths were, but, but I feel like those two guys were probably a little bit different. And so you think, well, you know, here's the, here's the game plan that's been tailored for Jackson Arnold and he has gotten to rep that, that plan. Uh, the coaches have gotten to see the arm talent uh, as the starting quarterback with the starting receivers and so, yeah, I I would be shocked if if he's not able to to show that that uh, talent that he's got with the arm. And there, it is talent. Um, I was watching a podcast, Coach, um, with three current Sooners just a few days ago, and Gentry Williams, the starting corner on defense, was um, talking about a play, a throw that Arnold made in practice around October, I think it was, and uh, when the defense got together to watch tape of that practice. Brent Venables stopped and, 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 and rewound and stopped and rewound because the coverage was good. I, I don't know if Gentry was on the coverage, but he said someone was covering the receiver and the coverage was perfect. And he couldn't believe that, that Arnold had the, uh, shall we say, the guts <laughs> to, to, even, to even attempt to throw, let alone complete it. And so I, I think that was Gentry's way of saying, I sort of knew then that there was, there was something to this. And um, I'm wondering if there was that kind of a moment for you when you had him at, at Geyer. Was there a throw in a game or even in a workout that, that made you think, this is, this is a little different? So there is. Uh, it was actually in the summer, and it was at a seven-on-seven -seven tournament, um, uh, uh, school seven-on-seven. -seven. Hmm. And that's when, when I saw when, when Jackson needs to load up. Like, he throws a very catchable ball. All right. He's got great arm talent and he can throw it with tremendous velocity, but he throws a very catchable ball, which mm -hmm. is a great quality for a quarterback to have. But our, our guys were playing a seven on seven tournament and it was the last play of the game. We had to score to win, to win the game and, and ultimately to win the tournament. And he had a, a dig route in the end zone and he had a very small window to get the ball thrown in. And of course, in seven on seven, you've got to throw it on time or, or, yeah. or the, the play goes dead. And it was a do or die moment. And he had to load up and throw it into this tight window. 
and he knew he had to get it there in a hurry. And he loaded up and threw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball from about the 15 or 18-yard line into the end zone. The kid caught it, and we won the game. And that's when I realized, like, he has the ability to make any kind of throw he needs to make, and he's got the confidence to throw the ball in the small windows. You know, for for some quarterbacks, open means a receiver's got to have a couple of yards of of space from the defender. And with other quarterbacks, open means they only have maybe a half a body on the defender, and, and the quarterback can throw them into open space. And Jackson's one of those guys. Um, they're mm-hmm. uh, o- an open receiver to Jackson is a little bit different than it is with a lot of quarterbacks. What do you remember about his recruitment? It was, I mean, it's it's been a while now, but was there something that did, did, did he handle it differently, or was he approached differently? Even uh, you've probably seen a lot of guys over the years uh, be recruited uh, yeah. down down from your your programs in Texas, but how was it for uh, for Jackson? Well, you know, Jackson got his first offer before he had ever started. Uh, high school game, you know, after his sophomore year in the limited amount he played, uh, you could see it, you know, you can see it. He's not one of those guys that went on the tour, you know, the, the uh, quarterback uh, combine tour and all that. He didn't do a lot of that stuff. Didn't play for any kind of a select seven on seven team. So wasn't getting, wasn't getting any uh, hype from any of that kind of stuff. Uh, It was strictly off the tape from his sophomore year. And that's where it started. And then, you know, guys would show up to off-season workouts. Uh, and we would set up a lot of times. If there were going to be three or four coaches there, we'd set up a little throwing session during the athletics period um, for him and, and some of our receivers as well. And, uh, you know, I would say Jackson handled recruiting like he handles everything else in life. He's very he's – a, he's, a, he's a happy kid, but he's very stoic, you know, and he, yeah. never, he doesn't really get uh, – never gets too high or too low. Yeah. And um, – he just sort of took it all in. I think his his parents have done a great job raising him and preparing him, uh, you know, for for uh, the social uh, some of yeah. the social uh, uh, anxiety that typically yeah. comes along uh, with meeting college coaches. And he, but, but he he handled it great. Uh, it was very uh, very uh, buttoned down recruitment. Um, and I mean, a ton of people. Every every college in the country just about came through there. Sure. Uh, either recruiting Jackson or one of the other seniors in that class. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that for him, it was, uh, you know, he there was kind of an ebb and flow of his recruitment uh, initially about who he liked and where yeah. he thought he saw himself going. At one point in time, it was when Coach Levy at, at Ole Miss really liked the idea of going to Ole Miss. And then they were also recruiting Arch Manning. So I don't really know about that. And then it was yeah. Notre Dame. And we thought, well, it looks like he's going to go to Notre Dame. And then he ultimately, especially when Coach Levy went to OU, that seemed to make a lot of sense to him. I think, you know, Denton to Norman is not a, a long trip. Uh, very tight with his family. Uh, yeah. They're still in Denton. And uh, so I think, it, you know, o- OU just uh, checked a lot of boxes for him early on. You mentioned the relationship, or you, you mentioned Levy, the relationship with, with Jeff pretty well established. He gets the job at Mississippi State at the end mm-hmm. of OU's regular season. and transfer portal opens up. People are wondering if this, I think there's an idea about where what Gabriel's going to do next. The curveball is that he's going to play another year of college, maybe not not turn pro. And so you're you're trying to again get into a head of a guy who is who's only taken this many snaps in, in college, and that's that's Arnold. And did you think about him during that time, Rodney? Did, were you wondering what was going through his head uh, between Levy moving and Gabriel maybe moving, and then finally moving, and then 
and the portal being the portal and, you know, NIL opportunities being what they are. How were how, how you, you approaching it from afar? Well, I, I didn't have any uh, uh, inkling that he would even consider going transferring or doing anything different. I think, you know, uh, Jackson is a very loyal guy. And, uh, you know, I feel like, um, you know, he is uh, uh, he's had a great experience at OU. Um, my advice to him when he was getting recruited is don't pick a university because of any coach, mm-hmm. because they change a lot. And there's a really good chance during your time that wherever you go, that the guy that recruited you or the coordinator or the head coach or all of them are going to be leaving. Yeah. So you want to pick a university that that you that you like because of the university. And so, I, th- you know, I think uh, absolutely he had a great relationship with Coach Levy, but I think he's he's more uh, sooner right now than anything. Yep. Gabriel off to Oregon, Levy to Mississippi State. The business of college football is the business of college football. We're, yep. we're all sort of getting numb to it, uh, Rodney, as we go. Uh, if nothing else, OU knows what it has, though, in the next starting quarterback, a, a guy I, I know that you know extremely well in, in Jackson Arnold. Appreciate your insight into him. I did want to ask as well about another of your former players down at Geyer, and that's that's a player that we actually saw quite a bit more of this season than, than mm-hmm. Jackson. That was Peyton Bowen and the contributions he made to uh, Venable's defense at Oklahoma. Tell us a little bit about what you remember Peyton, uh, the person and the player, and and how you felt about his uh, his maiden voyage through college football this fall. Uh, he was a lot of fun to watch, and and not surprised at any of the success he had this year. You know, Peyton is an is an electric athlete. Uh, again, a guy that 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 trains so well and takes such good care of his body, and he's developed himself so well. Um, you know, uh, Peyton is uh, an offensive skill player uh, cloaked in a defensive player's uh, you know uh, body uh, yeah. clothing, I should say. Um, you know, he, he's the guy that's going to, and I, I think he blocked a couple of punts this year, maybe had yeah. a couple of fumble recoveries, right. forced fumbles. But Peyton is a game changer on defense. And uh, there are a lot of interceptions coming down the road for him because he's just got an amazing instinct uh, at finding the ball and getting to the ball. And when it's within arm's length, he's going to get it. And he's got great hands for, for a defensive player. So, um, you know, I think his future is very bright. He's a very versatile player. You know, I think he uh, – I know, uh, you know, they used him at two or three different spots in the secondary this year, but he's talented enough to play corner, physical enough to play safety. Uh, and I think, you know, he'll get a uh, – knock on wood, he stays healthy. You know, he'll he'll get a ton of snaps over the next few years at, at OU. Well, and it's going to be fascinating to watch his – sort of his, his uh, knowledge, if you will, catch up with his talent, right? It's – Brent Venable's defense is <laughs> – it is not easy to absorb. Uh, I've covered him, Rodney, since he was uh, Bob Stoops' coordinator uh, 25 years ago when he moved over from K State, and I, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, players' heads go to go to mush trying to adapt and figure it out. And they use instinct for a while, and that works. And made it, they're able to make some plays, some tackles. Uh, Bowen certainly made his impact felt um, in, in in his spot this past season. But man, when he really digests the system and Venable's concepts, uh, given, again, the flashes he showed in, in, in almost a cameo role, it seemed, on defense, you really wonder just how, uh, just how high the ceiling is for this kid. Yeah, and he's got a very high football IQ, so I, I've got no doubt that 
you know, however complex the install is for that particular week or that particular season, you know, uh, that that will not limit uh, his ability to be on the field. He's he's a smart kid, uh, the nicest kid in the world, by the way, too. Like the nicest kid you'll ever come across. You root for easy to root for guys like that. Um, yeah. So if you, gosh, are you allowed to adopt a college team, Rodney, or do you have to play it pretty straight as a, <laughs> as a big time high school football coach in Texas? Because it sounds like you could invest a little time and energy in the Sooners with just between these two. Yeah, I always tend to root for the schools where I've got kids playing. Just a quick <laughs> story about that. I So one year ago, uh, I had a receiver at Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I was yeah. up in Columbus to watch them play Wisconsin. And so I'm in the stadium. I've got my Ohio State gear on. I'm rooting for the for the Buckeyes <laughs> to beat Wisconsin. One year later, I've got a quarterback now that is starting at Wisconsin. They're playing Ohio State. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin at the Ohio State game, dressed in my Wisconsin gear, cheering for <laughs> the Badgers to knock off uh, the Buckeyes. Yeah. So that's just the way it goes for a high school coach. You know, I have yeah, really no rooting interest at all other than the teams where I've got kids to play. So obviously based on that, uh, you know, uh, I've got my OU, OU gear and I'll be rooting for the, for the Sooners uh, against just pretty much anybody they play. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to hear back in coaching. The last thing I've read – uh, based from our, from our conversation again, this was January 22. Was uh, the, was the uh, you'd retired? I and I hope I'm not using the wrong word, but the, <laughs> that was how it was written in the uh, the papers in the Metroplex or the reports that you you had decided to to take a, uh, a sabbatical, if you will, from coaching. You became an, an AD for a, a year at High, at Highland Park, but right. you, you look like a coach again just from the shirt. So tell us. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since uh, since in fact Jackson and Peyton were playing for you at Geyer. Yeah, so after the the state final run at Geyer in in 2021, um, I had an opportunity to become the athletic director at Highland Park, which I, I think in a lot of people's estimation that's that's probably the best AD job in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, so I stepped away from Geyer, uh, left some really good players uh, in the program at Geyer, and it was kind of hard to walk away from. But I had an opportunity to do that, um, and I felt like that's how I would finish my career. Uh, one year into that, um, the the head football job at, at Rockwell Heath came open and back in my hometown. Uh, I had spent seven years at Rockwell High, which is the arch rival of Heath, and uh, we were living back in Rockwell. And when the job came open, hey, there's some people, local community people that I I think a lot of. And they uh, reached out about the possibility of me coming coming back out of uh, coaching retirement, so to speak. And uh, I had an opportunity to assemble a tremendous staff to get some guys that had played for me uh, back in town, to get some coaches that I coached with in the past back in town. Uh, and I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And so... Uh, I'm glad I did. It's been very worthwhile up to this point. I'm just less than a year back into it. But, um, you know, I think that year away from coaching was good for me. It uh, gave me some new perspective and I think uh, allowed me to sort of fill up my tank for one last run. And however long this last three, four, five years, whatever it is, uh, I think I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Hopefully I get another Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bone <laughs> along the way, too. You said you want you went nine and three at Heath? This year, yeah, yeah, we had a nine and three season. Yeah, we okay. lost to Duncanville, who's playing in the in the state finals. Okay, that doesn't sound bad. What is what's the trophy that uh, Rockwall and Heath play for? Do you, is there like a 
what's the tradition there? Is it a, 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 a golden something, a, a bronze something, or, or what's what's the brand? Yeah, so so uh, it's called the I-30 Classic because the dividing line in Rockwall is Interstate 30. And uh, so it's called the I-30 Classic. Uh, Rockwall okay. is the north side. Heath is the south side. And there is a trophy that makes the Stanley Cup look like a trinket. It's like this <laughs> this, this gigantic trophy that goes to the winning team every year. So, um, you know, we're, we're told that we really need to try to downplay the rivalry. Uh, but but then when whoever wins the game wins this gigantic trophy. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's a lot of fun. Well, I hope they're not swigging uh, swigging what they shouldn't out of the out of the trophy like the <laughs> hockey players do the cup. They're I, right, or, or is it, are you just talking about size? You're not talking shape. They're not. They're not it's not a like a it, claret jug or anything like that. It's actually it actually is. It's actually this big like a chalice. You know, it's uh, it's. I'm telling you, it's ridiculously big. Yeah. Okay. Drinking Gatorade <laughs> out of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We normally play or early soda. in the year, so it's pretty hot. So yeah, some uh, some kind of electrolyte. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, I, real quick while I got you, uh, Oklahoma high school football uh, is, you, you know, this being a, a, a neighboring state is, is a big deal. I'm in Tulsa. So Jinx, uh -huh. Union, Broken Arrow, Bixby, Owasso, just yeah. one after another feels like a small college, if not FCS anymore, if not group of five anymore. Um, right. Is there is there an end game to how big Texas high school football can be based on your experience or and do, and or do you worry that you're heading down a path you should? you shouldn't be on based on some things that are, that are happening with high school football. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's, there's a trickle down from what is happening in the college game to what happens in the high school game. And I think it impacts every state. Yeah. Uh, what is awesome about Texas is that we have a public school league where the players that play for a school live in that geographical boundary of that school. And so it's truly the neighborhood kids uh, the, that, that play for the school. And that, that is one of the things that has set Texas football apart over the years. And I think one thing that I'm concerned about that we're struggling with right now is that, you know, we have some districts in our state that are open enrollment districts where mm -hmm. you can attend from outside those, those boundary lines. And I think there are some people in our state that have figured out we can recruit players to come in and play here. There's a period of ineligibility of, of, a, of a calendar year. Mm -hmm. But if a kid moves into a school when he's a freshman, and in some cases, the sophomore, well, he's not going to be playing on the varsity for a year anyway. Mm -hmm. So they, they get there from out of the area uh, and uh, from, from not, not living in that school's boundary. Yeah. And um, they set out their year and then they're good to go. And so, you know, I mm -hmm. think you've got a handful of programs around the state that are beginning to dominate that are playing with an all-star team in some cases. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not really playing with the neighborhood kids. You know, those kids that play for Heath High School, those kids that play at Denton Geyer, they, they live in that boundary 100%. Mm -hmm. That's where they live. That's where their parents live. That's where they go to school. And uh, so I think we're fighting that a little bit. Uh, you know, other states deal with that. Um, yeah. You've got the IMGs and, the, you know, some of the yeah. schools out in California that have become football magnets. Right. Um, and so, you know, but it, it's still a beautiful thing in the state of Texas as it is in Oklahoma. You know, and I... Yeah. You know, I keep up. Bixby is what do they want? They, it's like five in a row now. Bixby's one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they and they moved up to six A one, which is the highest class after being at six A two and five A, winning most. You know, the first several of those championships. And now they're they're flicking aside Union and Jinx like they were playing 
you know, a county school. It's crazy. Yeah. I've seen some video clips of Bixby. I think they're very yeah. impressive, very unique what they do offensively for sure. And then Bill Blankenship, what a, what a legend uh, he is, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, he's got a very, very interesting uh, outlook on football as well. For sure. I would love to continue this conversation maybe toward the spring, just in terms of the ins and outs of high school football. I could talk for hours about it. it most of it's like he's like to your point, most of it's positive. But I also know that coaches like Bill and Kirk Frederick at Union uh, and even Lauren at Bixby uh, have expressed concerns just just in passing about, gosh, this is this is not quite the game I, you know, I signed up for in some aspects for all their success. And so um, we'll we'll pick up on this topic at, at some point down the road. But since I got you on to talk about the Sooners and Jackson Arnold, I just want to ask you one more thing for the sake yep. of this show. What is uh, what is Santa Claus bringing Rodney Webb this year? <laughs> well, I don't know if I've if I've been a good enough boy. I think I may get a lump <laughs> of coal in my stocking this year. Uh, I don't know. When you get to be kind of a, kind of an old guy like me, you're just happy with good health, and if if your family is all happy and healthy, you know that's about all I could really ask for. But yeah. you know, I've got a I drive a Jeep Wrangler, and I like to I like to take the top off of that Wrangler. And I currently don't have a good setup for like how to get it off and where to put it. Okay. So I've asked my wife for a little, uh, there's a little, uh, a little uh, device where you can, it, it sort of takes the top off and, 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 and you can hang it on, on the okay. device and it rolls around. So if, if Santa Claus has got room in the sleigh, I'm hoping I get, uh, <laughs> get that to make my, my uh, transition to the top on top off for my Jeep a little bit easier. That sounds good. And if, and if he doesn't have room in the sleigh, surely an 11th or 10th or 11th win for, for uh, Heath next fall might be, might be in order. I'll so take it. I'll take, take it. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sooner fans will take an Alamo Bowl win over Arizona and, uh, oh, I don't know, 300 yards passing in, in Jackson Arnold's <laughs> debut. It's not like this fan base expects much, Coach. I'm sure you've heard that. Um, right. But oh, we'll, yeah, right. Yeah, you, you probably can relate uh, being, being where <laughs> sure. you've been down in, down in Texas high school circles. Right. We'll, we'll yeah. all be curious to see what Jackson Arnold brings to the Sooners in the Alamo Dome against Arizona on December 28th. It's been great getting some insight and perspective on what he potentially brings OU, what he has brought. Uh, this man, our guest Rodney Webb, as coach one time at Benton Geyer, now at Rockball Heath. We thank him for his time. We thank you for your time. Uh, we will be back next week for another edition of Mind Games. Best of luck Christmas shopping, holiday shopping. In the meantime, to Jackal and Musgrove, as well as her crew back behind the scenes, making sure we are on the air and looking as, as good as it's possible to make uh, a couple of, uh, of, of several former sports writers in the sellout crowd stable. Thanks very much for tuning in. We will talk to you next week.